Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. First, the King's Crown of Gold, the border garnished with six phalluses, five sapphires, five pointed diamonds, 20 rubies, and 19 pearls. English History Podcast, a part of the Agora Podcast Network. I'm your host, Heather Tesco, and I'm a storyteller who makes history accessible because I believe it's a pathway to understanding who we are, our place in the universe, and being much more deeply in touch with our own humanity. This is episode 169, and it's all about Henry VIII's inventory. I got interested in this because in the last episode, I was talking about salt, and I was talking about the salt cellar that was in Henry's inventory. And it struck me that from time to time, you see different things mentioned in the inventory. And so I wanted to learn more about this particular inventory. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So Henry VIII died in January of 1547. And in September of that year, his son Edward and his council, they decided to commission an inventory to be done of all of the possessions and the movable goods, the stuff that Henry had owned when he died. Now, they did this because they specifically wanted to understand exactly how much the estate that of the crown that Henry had left was worth. People talk about how Henry VIII bankrupted the crown, and that's actually not true because he left a lot of stuff, jewelry, plate, all of that. And we're going to talk about a little bit of it to the crown. And that estate then that was belonged to the crown passed from monarch to monarch. It took about 18 months to complete this inventory. And the way they did it, they had specialists going out to all of the different palaces, all of the different country homes that Henry had when he died. There were a total of 55 homes that Henry owned when he died. Plus, there were things like forts and ships that officially belonged to the crown that had stuff on them. So that all had to be inventoried as well. Now, the main palace where most of his movable goods were stored was actually in Whitehall. And then there were other major places like Hampton Court, Greenwich, the Tower of London. The inventory is amazingly complete. And it gives this insight into the personality of Henry and what he thought was important, what was important to have with him, what was important to keep. There are close to 18,000 items in the inventory itself. And there are two sections. The first, which belongs to the Society of Antiquaries, is money and jewelry and books and plate, 
as well as the munitions in the forts and the ships, and all of the stuff that was in the armories and the stables. The second, which belongs to the British Library and which is actually searchable, it's digitized, so you can go to the British Library and you can read that part, details each of the palaces and the wardrobes in his possession and those of his children, of Edward, Mary, and Elizabeth. That first part with the jewels and the plate has about 4,000 items, and then the rest, which is almost 14,000 additional items, is in the second part. And like I said, you can actually go and look at that second part. It's been digitized in the British Library. I will have a link in the show notes, which will be at englandcast.com slash inventory. englandcast.com slash inventory. Now, one thing we know about Henry VIII, which it doesn't take uh, any kind of deep psychology to see this, is that he was very ostentatious. He loved to dress up. He loved to have parties. And he very much wanted to portray himself as this powerful monarch. And he wanted to, to be seen as a powerful king. So early on in his reign, he actually lost a lot of money because he spent it all of the money that his father had left him, he spent in this war against France in 1512 to 1513. And so for a part of his reign, he actually didn't have a lot of money. But then during the dissolution, he was able to get, thanks to Cromwell, a large amount of land and capital when he sold the land. And a lot of that money that he got went into buying possessions, which are all laid out in the inventory. One thing that's interesting about this inventory is that there's no other inventory this detailed of an English king. Other inventories might talk about items themselves, but not weights or measurements of the items. Now, this inventory of Henry's is incredibly thorough. There's measurements of all of the cloth. There's measurements of the lengths of the ships, all of that. And the very first item in the inventory was the king's crown. That was the first item in the section that had to do with the jewels. They've actually been able to replicate the crown because of the detailed description in the inventory. And also it was depicted later in a painting of Charles I. So there's a YouTube video where Hampton Court was talking about how they were able to copy the exact look of the crown and, and really replicate the crown exactly how it would have been. It was amazing. It had 344 jewels and pearls. It was covered in rubies and sapphires and carvings of kings and fleur-de-lis. And later on, you actually can see it depicted in the background. There's a painting of Charles I, and the crown is in the background of that painting. And so the experts at Hampton Court were actually able to work with jewelers and goldsmiths and create a replica of the crown which looks almost exactly like Henry VIII's crown would have been. It's very cool. So again, I have that YouTube video in the links as well. One interesting thing about that crown is that there were three sculptures around it, very small little sculptures on the sides of the crown. They had originally been three sculptures of Christ. But after the dissolution, those sculptures of Christ were taken off and they were changed to three of the major kings in English history who were almost had, had saintly status, and that would be Edward the Confessor, Henry VI and St. Edmund, and they were using those to display the religious and the spiritual authority of the king, as well as the secular authority. So Henry was reigning as a king who was able to portray the fact that he was God's appointed in England, 
and that was displayed in his crown, which is very, very cool. It's also interesting to try to trace the items from the inventory and see where they are today. So there were some tapestries, for example, that were listed in the inventory at the Tower of London, which have made their way now to Hampton Court Palace. And so people try to trace where the different items went through the years. One thing about the items in the inventory is that a lot of them had been sold off by successive kings to help finance their own reigns. So they would pawn off the jewels or sell off different parts of the inventory. So it's interesting to see what Henry actually had in 1547, and then compare that to what later kings had and what parts had been sold off. So I just talked about those tapestries. Now, another part of the inventory deals with the tapestries and the other items that were in the royal wardrobe. In the Tower of London, there was the royal wardrobe, and that's where tapestries were kept. They were regularly aired out and cleaned. They actually had very technologically advanced pulley systems to lift them out, to hang them to air, as well as these presses and cupboards where they would keep them in good condition. It's estimated that one tapestry would cost the same to make as a battleship today. They were status symbols. They were things that you would hang up to impress royal visitors and ambassadors and say, look at how much money I have. I have enough money that I could pay seven or eight weavers working on this tapestry for seven years to glorify me and to glorify my story. Who wouldn't be impressed by that? So tapestries were a huge part of the wardrobe. And as I said, there's still two that are hanging at Hampton Court today that were in the tower wardrobe in 1547. They were kept in the tower until 1649. They were in an inventory done in the tower in 1649. But then apparently Oliver Cromwell took a liking to them and he moved them to Hampton Court after that. So they are now in Hampton Court Palace. Not everything in the inventory is completely straightforward. There were some really random items that were included in the inventory. Some of them would have been gifts from other rulers, and some were just things that Henry took a liking to. Sort of like when you're scrolling through Facebook and you see ads for really weird things, and you're like, I need to have that. Henry had some items like that. And we start to get a much fuller picture of the items that he surrounded himself with on a daily basis and and kind of think about what he would have been doing on a daily basis with these items. One of the things that he had was a set of purple velvet bagpipes, which of course he was a musician. He was a composer. He played the organ. He played the virginals, the flute. And most of his personal collection of musical instruments was at Westminster Palace. They were maintained by a composer named Philip van de Wilder, who was given the title of the Keeper of the King's Instruments. And the inventory in 1547 lists more than 20 recorders, 19 vials, two clavichords, and four sets of bagpipes, including one made of purple velvet with ivory pipework. Henry also had a bowling alley. Interestingly, after the birth of his son, Edward, in 1537, he built a bowling alley at Hampton Court. It was over 200 feet long, so it was more than three times the length of a modern bowling alley. Bowling was really popular in Tudor England, but then Henry's daughter, Mary I, outlawed it. She outlawed the keeping of any bowling alleys, dicing houses, or other unlawful games in 1555. So, you know, there she goes ruining the fun. But Henry did have a bowling alley in Hampton Court. 
Something else that he had that's kind of fun is he had commissioned a special pair, a custom pair of football boots, sneakers, trainers in 1526, a pair of leather football boots. They cost four shillings, which today equals about 90 pounds or about $130. And Henry was a big fan of football. Henry was a big fan of all sports. But then later in 1540, he actually banned football because he thought that it incited riots. So I actually did an episode on football. Gosh, it would have been during the last World Cup. I did an episode on soccer slash football. So I'll include a link to that in the show notes too, because that was a fun episode to do. Henry also had some interesting pets. I did an episode on the menagerie at the Tower of London. Henry actually loved animals. He had ferrets, he had hawks, falcons, and lots of birds. In fact, the windows at Hampton Court were surrounded by cages that had canaries and nightingales in them because he just loved the sound of their singing. He also had dozens of dogs during his lifetime. After his death, there were more than 60 dog leashes found in his wardrobe in the inventory. But he also had a marmoset that he received as a Christmas present in the late 1530s. Catherine of Aragon also had a pet marmoset, which was included in a painting of her earlier that decade. So Henry had some interesting pets included in his inventory as well. There's also a very famous suit of armor that Henry had, a couple of suits of armor. In 1514, there was a suit of armor made for him that showed that he was six foot one and he had a 32 inch waist and a 39 inch chest. But 25 years later, a suit of armor made for him in 1540 had a 51-inch waist and a 54.5-inch chest. So Henry had been eating very well for the past 25 years. And there's also a very famous horned helmet. You've probably seen pictures of this if you've been into Tudor history for a while. It has glasses on it, spectacles. It was actually given to Henry by the Holy Roman Emperor Maximilian in 1514. It was part of a suit of armor given to him. The suit of armor is now lost, but we still have this really weird horned helmet. And apparently after he died in 1547, Will Summers, the court jester, took possession of it and incorporated it into his act. Henry was also a bit of a pack rat, and he kept several items from previous wives. Now, one might think that it was because of the cost, that he wouldn't want to get rid of valuable items, but a lot of the items weren't even in good repair. I think he just happened to be more of a hoarder, or he might have just forgotten that he had them. When you have 55 houses, you probably lose track of some of the things you have. There were several bottles with handles with carvings of, quote, the late Queen Anne's initials on them, though whether they mean Anne Boleyn or Anne of Cleves, it's tough to tell. But Anne of Cleves wasn't actually queen long enough to have had a lot of items made with her initials, so they were probably Anne Boleyn's. For example, there's a pair of gilt bottles, the feet and body chased in pains with branches of two sundry works, having the king's arms in a plate on one side, and on thither side the king's arms and the arms of Queen Anne in a plate together, having on either side an angel with a great chain and a small on either bottle, their necks graven with branches, then stopples having double roses and thereupon crowns. So that sounds quite beautiful. There were also candlesticks, needleworks, cushions, including one with acorns and honeysuckles, which were Henry and Anne's private motif that they used with each other. 
For example, there was a cushion of needlework on both sides with silk and a trail of H&A of Venice gold and Venice silver and honeysuckles and acorns of silk. And on thither side, three roses, white and red with Queen Anne's ciphers and words, gold and silver with four buttons with tassels of Venice gold, silver and silk. So you can see how very descriptive this inventory is to have that kind of description for almost 18,000 items. It's amazing. Some of the other items included are over 2,000 tapestries and wall hangings, around 800 carpets, 200 were housed at Hampton Court. There was a huge stockpile of textiles, expensive silk, cloth of gold and linen, damask, taffeta, and their combined value was over 50,000 pounds. There were also animal furs, squirrel, lynx, sable, and mink, and even leopard in the inventory. These animal furs would be used mostly to have on the inside of gowns and robes for members of the king's household. There were also theatrical props and costumes for all the different plays and performances they would have at court. There was huge amounts of jewelry and lots of furniture, including there were chairs and four-poster beds. Of course, beds would probably move from house to house with Henry. There were also stools and dining tables. So Henry had a lot of stuff. One of the other things that the commissioners had to do in 1547 was to have lists of books and manuscripts that Henry had in his palaces. And many of those books actually went to be at the old Royal Library after his death and then became part of the British Library collections. Later on, they were presented to the nation by King George II in 1757. And it's actually possible now to identify some of the books mentioned in the inventory that are in the collections today because of how descriptive they are in the inventory. For example, one of the descriptions in the inventory is a book that is called A Description of the Holy Land and book covered with velvet embroidered with the king's arms, declaring the same in a case of black leather with his grace's arms. So then it's easy to go through the collections in the British Library and find that particular book because it is so well described. So it's really, really interesting to go through the inventory to look at all of these different items. There were over 2,250 pieces of artillery, 6,500 handguns in the tower. There were 70 ships in the Navy. All of them had stuff on it. And one other example of just how descriptive this inventory was, it even lists all of the different bandages for the king's leg. So really interesting. And you can read the entire inventory. Back in 1998, David Starkey published a transcript of the inventory, and you can buy that on Amazon. You can also look at parts of it at the British Library. Like I said, it's been digitized and you can go through and look at the different sections of it that the British Library has. So I will include links to all of those different places at the show notes, which is englandcast.com slash inventory. So my friends, that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back again in another couple of weeks. And I hope you enjoyed learning more about Henry's inventory and what it shows us about the kind of life of luxury that Henry lived. So have a great couple of weeks and I will speak with you again soon. (laughs) Bye-bye. 
Blow northern wind, a scent for baby sweating. Blow northern wind, blow, blow, blow. Ich hoto bord in Bauerbrick, that soul is Samley's on sleep. Catherine of Aragon also Catherine of Aragon also had a pet marmoset. Was Catherine of Aragon was oh my god. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 